0: Hey, Sam. Hey, Teresa. What's up?
1: Not much. I've had a fantastic day so far. I woke up. I read Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora New Hurston. I met Kenneth Cole, the fashion designer. What? <laughs> <I went> to-
0: <laughs> How <laughs> did I you just not mention this pre interview? You were being so lame.
1: Um, well, it was like virtually because he's like funding my program that I'm in. He gave me a thousand dollars essentially. <laughs> but, hey, what
0: program?
1: Um, well, I'm working at this nonprofit and like to incentivize students to work there. The Columbia offers a stipend that's like through him. So hearing him speak was kind of funny because I feel like you never really think of fashion designers as real people. And then he's like right there. And it's like, oh, this is like your name on everything. (laughs) I've seen you at (laughs) H&M. It's kind of goofy.
0: Okay, that story was really a lot of stretches. (laughs) (laughs) I met Kenneth I thought like you ran into him. And then you said he funded you personally, but really is just a program that you're in.
1: Oh, no, he wasn't like, I'll give you, (laughs) you, Sam Fleming. You're really cool. I'll give you (laughs) $1,000. No,
0: I thought like you ran into him on the street and then he like gave you money.
1: Oh no, I wouldn't (laughs) know what he looked like on the street, to be honest, but seemed like a cool dude. Then I went back to sleep, and now we are here. So exciting day, lots of thoughts going on in my head, and I'm excited to get into the show.
0: Yeah, on this week's episode, we will be interviewing Reese Langston over a cup of grapefruit juice.
1: Great, let's get into it.
0: So for this week's episode, we have chosen grapefruit juice because, you know, I feel like summer is coming and grapefruits are just a very fun color, fun juice. My dad would always just like drink grapefruit juice. I don't know why, but um, I always like perceived it as like one of the like healthy juices that you drink. Probably not true though. But um, yeah, I feel like grapefruit juice is just super refreshing. And um, something about it just feels fancy to me also.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's like a um, little bit classier than orange juice, a little more bite. It's like for the the refined palate, I guess. Um, I've actually this year experienced, I think, two people try grapefruits for the first time. Um, which is wild but it's definitely an acquired taste I guess Um, but grapefruits are one of my favorite fruits in, in general because you can slap some sugar on them you can slap salt on them pretty much anything so obviously the juice is always a winner and great for not only mixing like alcoholic drinks but you can mix it with like Orange juice have like fruit punch, <laughs> not fruit punch, but you know what I'm saying, like the the summery juicy drink.
0: Not fruit punch.
1: <laughs> what is fruit punch? Like, <laughs> I honestly have no idea what it is.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's like, yeah, I don't even know where to begin with that one.
1: <laughs> but um yeah, I'd give I'd give grapefruit juice a very solid like ten out of ten. Just one of those drinks that's like on the verge of being classic, but it's just interesting enough to um, take it to another level. But moving into our guest today, we're going to have Reese Langston on the show. He is an incredible rapper from California. Um, He's been releasing a ton of music in the past year. You might know his album he dropped last year, Language Arts Unit, which was this really in-depth exploration of kind of the he came up with this kind of theory behind the music he was making and then explored it and explored it in a bunch of different ways on the songs on the album um he also dropped grant money raps and ep uh last summer and then he has a new album coming out in about a month which he has already dropped the first single for titled a two-state solution to soak eye contact so as you can tell from that title he's doing some very different stuff so we're really excited to talk to him about his upcoming album and some of the music he released last year
0: yeah and for those of you who don't know him Reese is a music producer he's a writer he's a visual and performing artist as Sam said he um, is based in LA and his past work has explored themes of race and identity, as well as the space between emotional intimacy and abstraction. Um, and yeah, his debut album, Language Arts Unit, um, was released a little over a year ago. Um, and his work is just super dope and very like multidisciplinary. And um, the whole um, album was entirely mixed by him and almost entirely produced by him. Um, so yeah, we're really excited to talk to him. Should we call him up right now?
1: Yep. Let's call him up now.
2: Uh, Hey, what's up? Let me just read, let me just, this is my, uh, teaching
1: account. So (laughs) Well, kind of digging into your background. My first question was what came first for you? Like learning and being interested in writing or in music?
2: Yeah, I would say it's always like been a, always had like kind of a interest in words, interest in writing. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to public school that did have music programs though. Like for the younger kids, we had these sing-alongs that we learned songs and we'd do like a cappella renditions of them. Um, That was an elementary school. And we also had an elementary school orchestra. I was the only kid in elementary school orchestra who played electric bass I um, was, was like really the only time in my life I really formally ever played uh, instruments uh, to and then and, and, yeah, I, I forgot most of it. I, I don't really know how to read music anymore. Um, so I peaked I peaked in I peaked in fifth grade uh, mm-hmm. instrumentally. Um, <laughs> uh, now in terms of being a concert, a concert bassist. Yes, perhaps. Um, uh, you know, so I guess they kind of always came side by side. But in terms of consciously being interested in things, I could say I always never really got music. I was just like, I like it, but this—it just it was way too difficult to try and learn anything for me. It was not as intuitive. So writing was definitely the way in, and I think like rapping, particularly, and whatever offshoot I've taken from rapping into what I do now, like in other genre explorations. Uh, that seemed like the most uh, sensible because I was like, well, I have all these ideas and there's a musical way I can, 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 can put them in there. So writing first and they're just, yeah, I mean, it kind of, they, things work side by side. Writing was like a little bit forward for a minute. Then music kind of came into the picture. I think you know when in your when you're in your teens, it, it becomes like a cool thing to be interested in music. Definitely, it's a social signifier. Um, so the, you know the the a lot of things came, you know, uh, like a what's the word? Like it's like a helix, you know, of of of, of movement, double helix, if you will. Um, they can't see me doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so.
0: Yeah, so I guess like when you think about like things that influence you and your most recent album, do you really are you drawn to like writers or you know, rappers or specific sounds or um, like the intersection of those things? I guess as someone who sort of had that helix writing music intersection.
2: Mm, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I also work in like visual, visual art and stuff. Um, Language Arts Unit you know, was a piece that I shaved my head off, and like the hair on that album cover is my real hair, epoxy resin on this painting. It's actually right here, if I can. It's so, up there. There we go. It's old, old buddy. Um, I've always been someone who, it really, I'm process based, so I like working in whatever medium I'm working in. Uh, writing like getting into just like the ins and outs of the grammar the language and stuff and with music like programming drums playing out parts laying them over each other but the ideas are always very central like the idea that's why i think i work with team forms because it's like okay where can i translate this idea um and that'll you know the catalyst for a lot of those ideas will be reading something literary and having like one line jump out, and then be like, "Hmm, how can I paraphrase that?" And then work off the associations of that line that like the original writer didn't think about. You know, so it's not plagiarism; it's 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 lifting. You know, it's 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 recontextualizing. Um, or, yeah, sometimes you know, um, I think there will be moments when I hear something, and I'm like, "Oh, I really like that juxtaposition to where this person overlaid the drums." To 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 this other part of it, um, and I often find that the randomness of everyday conversation, which has been a little difficult to to to, or random events, random occurrences out in the world, not even just conversation, really spur um, like the start of things. Um, I think I'm similar to someone I remember Saul Williams said in an interview. That's one of my biggest definite. Um, early inspirations and continued uh, examples of like a multimedia artist I look up to. He said, um, it's always the music first, but what he meant by that is he always looks for the music in language. So even if he's not, even if he's writing literary poetry, it's on the page, or if he's acting um, a rollout in a, in a movie or something, there is, there's a, a level of like rhythm and dynamics um, and uh, kind of flow to what's going on, even if it is. And I, and I find I find that I find that true. Uh, I was writing prose for a while, and I was like, "Why well, are these sentences sound boring?" I'm like, "Well, they don't. They don't have any rhythm to them. You know, like I'm describing what's going on, but there's nothing that's like making the words bounce. Nothing that's making the words have a, a, something necessary to carry them forward. You know."
1: Yeah, that totally makes sense. And that's a pretty beautiful statement. Um, and kind of tying that into um, Language Arts Unit, that felt like a, a massive, massive project um, and a big undertaking, at least from the outside. Um, and I was wondering, how have you been able to move past that and work on new things? Because I know you've talked about how much of your life you kind of felt like you poured into that.
2: Mm, yeah. Um... I, you know, creation and and doing things, I think in this world, it's easy for those to become like, the next project is like a commodity. I might have been trying to say this in terms of like some Marxist shit, but like, you know, the next project is a commodity and therefore everything has to be like packaged and bundled and working on something towards the next. And oftentimes that is true. Things just kind of uh, naturally snowball through work on them um and I've been lucky for like me to have stuff ready while the 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 thing is while the well another thing is coming out um I think you know like even though it's a very different time right now um I have managed to keep up creating keep creating keep doing things um, like You know, I, I, I look at it as a habitual thing, like, um, and it's hard. It's not every day, you know, it's hard. Sometimes there'll be, you know, four or five days or I I don't feel like I'm really doing much. Um, but I think there's like an, uh, an accumulative or cumulative, uh, a way that I just keep doing stuff. And, and I think I'm always have a mind to certain ideas or like a certain focus, not even a focus, maybe even a lack of focus, um, a lens on things um, that I'm always working through. You know, I trust in, in myself. So I think it was hard to move on to that, but I was, I mean, I was working on projects in between working on Language Arts Unit, or uh, you know. So I put out Language Arts Unit, and then last year I put out this like little three track, I wouldn't call it parody SoundCloud rap, but like a little bit more of like <laughs> tuning the conventions um, and then playing with the conventions of like plug SoundCloud rap. Um, I was working on that in the midst of working on Language Arts Unit. One of the songs actually on that was supposed to be on Language Arts Unit, but just didn't really get done in time. Um, so there's a way that like things are incremental and and, and, and they build up. But another f- another thing you know about that is for a while it took me a, a, a a moment to understand just how like depressing it was to put out this major thing and like the day of my show LA had announced that the following day they'd be closing everything down so i actually pulled the plug on my release show and i was like it's not going to happen like people might come out cuz technically it's not the day yet but it's whatever so i you know i've been dealing with the burn of that and i think it's helped that i've had that I've had things in the works, you know, like this project, um, Stalin Bollywood is like coming out now or coming out very soon. Um, This had some drippings, you know, of the early, early singles and stuff uh, from it out. Um, Some of the stuff I was working on 2018, you know, in 2019. uh, Same time I was like editing the book of Language Arts Unit and working on the mixes and stuff like that. And also writing new songs for language arts unit too, um, so it's something where you know it's been hard, especially in the last year. It's been really, really, really difficult to be like I'm doing this. Uh, I'm doing this in a forward motion. I just feel like, why am I making anything right now? Like the the this sh- the thing I put my whole life into got blown out by and you know by by a, by a. Uh, a dead organism that is, you know, mutating and requires a vaccination, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I think what's helped is having things already in motion and being able, when I'm frustrated at the beginning of things, to be able to look back uh, and be in the middle of something else. So it's like, okay, there's, if I don't have this, like if I can't feel like birthing this totally, let me nurture this other thing. And sometimes it helps us be like, you know, and then the other thing, I don't want to be in the middle of this. Oh, wow, well, this is almost close to being done. Let me like work on this. So having things, many things in very, very different uh, stages, being able to jump between those stages. Um, fortunately, I haven't reached a point where I've been totally cleared out in terms of like nothing being, like everything being expended, you know
0: what i mean yeah no thank you for being honest about that i feel like dude it's like been a year and we're still like it's fucking sucks um yeah but i guess like on a more positive note um you know despite that happening what are you personally um most proud of or appreciate most about um language arts unit or even anything that you've been working on like in the last year
2: Good question. Um, I think what I've been most proud of is that it's changed now because I have things I'm working on that I'm very, very proud of. But for a while with with that project, uh, Language Arts Unit, the book and the audio, and even like the cover art, you know, which is is a whole other dimension of it too. I was like, damn, if I never put anything out, people will know that I like can do all these things, and and it's partially on an ego tip, partially on just like, you know, there's there's a lot for people to come through here. Um, theoretically, if I stop putting any music out, like there would be enough to uh, communicate a world, communicate an approach, communicate a uh, yeah, somewhat short but um, still like robust life experience. Um, idea about, 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 by idea, a series of ideas about, about, about things. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for this project, there was a threshold that I pierced in terms of in that project. I mean, um, being able to completely do something myself, be self-sufficient, um, and, uh, just being able to, you know, I didn't produce every song. I produced about seven and a, seven and a half out of the 11 and a half songs. Cause there's one track has, has two tracks on it. Um, and, you know, all those, like I mixed from start to finish. So as the production was done and, you know, I made them sound like I paid someone thousands of dollars to mix them. I can confidently say that I was like, you know, it feels really good that I I had less resources than I do now. You know, I was in a room that wasn't soundproofed. It was loud, a bunch of, a bunch of shit. And I made something, I feel like that, You know, someone would pay like 10 grand to get mixed uh, by someone else and you know not because like, it's not because that number equals how good it sounds I think it does, but because of like the amount of effort and the amount of like money that you know professional mixing requires. Um, Something that seems you know, professional. Uh, for me, it, you know, uh, I think, like, you know, there's a level of of, of also maturity to the music, too. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with being immature, or infantile, or, or having useful energy. Uh, but there's a level of maturity that I think was was in the project that I really feel, really feel good about, you know. Um, and, yeah, I just think, I don't know, everything seemed really in, in, intentional and, and and. I liked I like I like the intentionality, intentionality of it. I think so. Like, you know, because things can be really abstract, things can be somewhat difficult, but it feels like things were were, were 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 there 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 were grooves for everything to be placed in in a certain extent. I don't know if that's yeah. a little too out there,
0: but
1: <laughs> No, that makes sense, especially in context with the new project. Um because to me, Stalin Bollywood is a lot more abstract, um, at least on the first couple of listens. Uh, yeah. And could you talk about why you wanted to explore like a new direction and what inspired this new album?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I talked about this with someone else who was asking me about it. Um, um, and I think it bears repeating when anyone when anyone uh, asks me about this, whether it's casually or whether it's in a format like this, um, I really realized, you know, how many different influences I had that I didn't know, or rather I wasn't able to articulate. I uh, wasn't musically savvy enough to, and I felt finally like, you know, I'm getting, I think I'm getting more and more, it's hard to gauge progress, but every day I'm getting more and more um, in control of what I'm able to do and, 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 you know, kind of communicate new sounds. So for me, this was like another, when I talk about thresholds, you know, like breaking through another kind of boundary where it's like, Hmm, I can, I can take it out of this entire box that I've already been taking another box out of, you know, that's just like, I think it was, and paying homage to a lot of the music that I grew up with that, uh, I don't think I felt comfortable enough uh, musically, but like also personally to be able to share, uh, you know, just a lot of like, a lot of, a lot of rock music, a lot of vintage rock music, a lot of post-punk music, a lot of new wave. Um, it's just like kind of, you know, stuff that people know, but all is more and more experimental. Um, I felt like there was, I stretched hip hop out, many different ways. This is still hip hop, I'm still rapping, but it was like, okay. Especially writing Language Arts Unit, you know, I was like, I was very much so, writing the the book, I was very much so like, I'm communicating, you know, what it is to make hip hop in the maelstrom of appropriation, post-appropriation, algorithmic capitalism, yada, yada, yada. So like, let me see what I can do paying, um, trying to insert myself in another context. So, you know, that meant like, I, I think it just kind of happened naturally where I was trying to play a bit more bass guitar, getting back on the, the horse of that, um, being like, well, if I can play bass, I should try the guitar. Uh, I suck, but all right, let me just keep going through it, you know, so just like really, really working out, really, you know, grabbing, uh, grabbing what i could i think i think andre 3000 mentioned like it was either hey yeah or prototype he was like oh, i picked up a guitar and those were like the first chords i played so we just made that song. <laughs> and i feel like that sometimes like not to say i'm in the same league or whatever but like a lot of this shit was me just like i like how that sounds i don't want to lose it let's hit record um and a lot of it was like, man, you know, if I like change the way this drum sample sounds, if I search another, search for another sample from this, uh, search for another sample for where this hits, uh, like instead of having it be like an electrified snare, trying to find something from a rock record that has an isolated snare or something, um, changing the BPM, uh, changing the sequence, like it was just a really a, a revelation because I'm not someone who's exactly trained to just be like, if you make these small changes, like the genre completely changes. And I think for me, writing about hip hop and about all the cultural baggage that naturally is there with it. And with every other type of music, I was like, you know, it's very interesting how the lines between genre are on paper, these very small things that have so much weight put on them uh and I was like oh you know I think subconsciously I was like yeah, that just feels really cool to like tweak and just like figure out like damn where's the you know where is like where can I really um like prod at the limit right here of, like what I'm doing because I'm rapping you know but like might not sound like rap music but I was talking yeah. to someone else I was like I mean what I don't know what was Jimi Hendrix doing on Castles Made of Sand you know like you know you know like or uh, six was nine, you know. That's um, <laughs> like that's rapping, you know. It wasn't a rap. Thing.
0: Mm.
2: People aren't calling it a rap because it has guitars and because it has a certain structure. You know, it's one of many examples. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. That, that's that's pretty interesting to think about, um, and I can definitely see that genre blurring. And I think that's really present on the new album as well. And on the lyrical front, and kind of the topical front, you dive into like a bunch of I guess controversial (laughs) topics on the new album
2: (laughs) I had to push back the release of one of the videos which was for the first track which Mm -hmm. is the track "Holes on my dick because it looks like a drawing of the prophet Muhammad now I understand that can be seen as Islamophobic and uh, I'm certainly playing with the um, the limits at which we pick things apart you know i mean i can come out and say right now you know that lyric if you look at it in the context you know holes in my dick because it looks like a drawing of the prophet muhammad get blasphemous and get hard quick you know that that's that's the full thing it's not just that that you know so it's like i'm basically personifying blasphemy itself i'm not saying you know this is i'm not saying uh islam does i'm not saying that the the prophet muhammad deserves to be deserves to be drawn out or anything you know what i'm saying i am blasphemy personified i was about to put that video out and i'm glad i got a calendar i got a, I got a i got a calendar and i looked at "Mm, let's put it out the 14th of april and i was like oh wait the 13th of april is ramadan um let me wait another week because we are you know we talk right now you know there's like a controversial hijab bill in in um in france i'm like (laughs) let me not let me not not do that um you know, but I think I just, you know, I knew there's a lot of, like, punk themes, uh, a punk music that criticized religion, because, you know, a lot of punk music came out of Europe, and the Western European tradition of, 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 the Western European institution of the church, you know, even though a lot of those countries are, are secularized, you know, the, the, the tradition is, like, you know, on the on the ground there, and so, a lot of foundational punk music, you know, would, would, would fuck around with religious desecration. And I was like, hmm, let me do that in a way that feels modern a little bit, or like, you know, contemporary and not just doing it. You know, I think someone was talking to me about the second track, which is the Pope is an Unrepentant Rapist. And I was like, he was like, well, you know, it's difficult because like the word rapist has kind of sailed in terms of its effectiveness, in terms of its, uh, 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 in terms of being able to be cavalier with it and i said you're right you know because there's a certain thing where you know um a certain thing you have to realize where you know it's like i'm saying this for shock value but what is a shock value leading to um so i you know that's one of the tracks i'm like let me just do what people say about it. let me just what people say about a lot of things but you know i basically go from playing with blasphemy around Islam without critiquing Islam on the first track. Then I go to, you know, calling out, um, you know, rape apologists in the Vatican in the track two and on track three, I call out, you know, um, Zionism and, and settler and modern settler colonialism and foreign aid, you know, in, in, in the, uh, In uh, uh, the Levant region of the world, in the the Mediterranean. Um, And then from there, you know, it gets broken open. And uh, I think to a certain extent, those three things, I thought about it retroactively. I think I was just working through it. I mean, we think about what is the like, I call we're in the golden age of controversy, if you will. You know, you need like a sex tape or you need to be like canceled so that people who are bigots will buy your shit. Or whatever, or like, you know, like we're in, we're in the COVID controversy. I mean, Donald Trump was president. He was almost president a second time, you know. People just love shock. They love being angry. A lot of the times, most of the times for good reason, but you know, it's like um, the paradigm is in this like, there's this constant revving up, this constant need for um, ire. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought about it and I was like, hmm, how could this be interesting to frame? If we think about now as a golden age of controversy, right? What was like the original controversy? And I was like, hmm, maybe it was like heresy, you know, being a heretic, uh, being a, a, a pariah in that way, you know, like if, if religion, if, if early societies, you know, more so than they are now, religion was interlinked with institutional, authoritarian monarch, monarchical power, you know, the first controversies were heresies, were misinterpretations of religious religious ideas, willful misinterpretations, maybe. Um, so I was like, hmm, okay, let me start out that way. Um, or I, maybe I'm putting that on it retroactively, because I was just like, I like how these flow back to back, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I think, you know, I've been thinking about this idea where it's, I've been working in a lot of subtlety, even though I think the lyrics are vital, even though I'm talking about, you know, being, being, being weird and black and Jewish and like being, you know, critical of political stuff and stuff, you know, there's still a level of subtlety to it. And I'm like, ah. you know, do I risk angering someone, um, you know, to play into this uh, a paradigm of outrage? Um, or do I kind of use it and try and like use it in my own way? Um, so I've been, I, you know, it's, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that where I'm, I'm just utilizing, um, the fever pitch, I guess is the word of today and seeing what can be done with it. Because I think, you know, there's a certain point where we need to call shit out. Like nuance can fuck itself. Um, but at what point, you know, are we prepared for the, the, the real back and forth of like, right before words become gunshots or whatever, you know? Um, so I, I think it's interesting, it's like, you know, Bell Hooks talks about um, bringing up all these people. Oh, you no, know, I'm so smart, Bell Hooks. Um, you know, she, she brings up, uh, you know, just like for certain people, um, you know, we can't just dance around intellectually arguing, you know? Uh, and uh, you know certain people have to just say as it is you know people don't have time for nuance people don't have time for for stuff so also trying to be funny you know I'm just trying to be funny I think some of this shit is funny honestly Um, I think that spurred it you know just being like hmm what is nuance getting me? I'm not gonna totally throw it away, but 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 what is nuance right now? Do people want nuance? As much as I love being intellectual and stuff like and 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 careful, you know, do you need to cause a controversy to, for people to pay attention? I hope not. Maybe.
0: <laughs> now that's interesting. Also, like, how do you, I guess, know the line between controversy, but then like people get canceled, you know, like, Mm -hmm. whereas, you know, and also like, I feel like the norms of cancellation are constantly changing too, right? Like also with like um, accessibility with like social media. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud about what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, something else I wanted to ask is that I feel like um, contrast is also something that defines this project specifically on the mm-hmm. song it is what it ain't what it used to be you say real estate in imaginary places which is like such a cool bar um what do you think i take credit for that
2: but that's bus <laughs> driver, that's bus driver old bus driver line look at well, imaginary places by bus driver and i i just i turned it around little
0: okay gotcha but you like see. adding just adding these contrasts i guess within the lyrics of your project what do you think mm-hmm. um these contradictions somewhat add
2: I mean yeah you know i think i i think in line with that there's a certain level of like natural just like visceral shock that i think has already come to people from hearing you know the first single that's been out um i think being artfully misdirecting in in or not misdirecting but taking someone on a winding path whether that's in the lyrics or whether that's in the track listing. I mean, I think that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about Creating Language Arts Unit is that it was like a catalog of styles that, you know, things were directly contrast to each other. There'd be like some kind of throaty singing and then there'd be shouting, you know, or whatever, um, at more shouted delivery. And, and with this too, um, I think contrast and pointing out the, uh, a contra- in, in the contrast, pointing out how how, how much the contrast rub shoulders with each other, how much things are um, incongruences, right? I think that's the word, are side by side. How much, you know, uh, how would I say? Yeah, incongruences are side by side. How much things that don't make sense uh, uh, are dependent on each other, uh, intermingle with each other, um, and there's definitely I think one of the major contrasts is the last track on the record, um, which is a like a kind of mumbled, weird like shoegaze little track that I I I put together, and that's just like that was written and entire, recorded entirely on the guitar except for uh, the main vocals, so. I was tapping on the guitar bridge for the drum beat, um, doing a lot of the other things. And I realized that um, the pickup, the main pickup on the guitar right here, could actually pick up my voice if I went into it loud enough. So I was doing like that and like having the effects be drawn out of it. Um, And sonically, you know, this song is, is called polemics, talk box. And you know, um, the whole project is this just like, are these polemics, are these um, rapid fire, just like incendiary things that I'm saying. Um, but on that track, you mm-hmm. know, I freestyled everything. So I don't even know really what the fuck I was saying. I listened back and I'm like, sounds like a word. Yeah, sounds like a word. I'm going to say that it's a word. Um. I made that track in 15 minutes, and 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 I think it works because, you know, it's basically like. I I think I say at the end of it one thing I do know I say is say, um, the wrong side of history was my friend, my inspiration in the beginning, and I think about um, something, and that was just off the cuff. I was like, oh shit, that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of bars, um, you know. I think about how people who are progressively minded and stuff, you know, we, we get our inspiration from fucked up shit from negatives from, 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 the, from the negative, uh, uh, forces influencing our imagination. Um, and we react in contrast to that. So it's like, Hmm, you know, how much are we like, we inspired by the wrong side of things, you know? Um, and yeah, I, I, uh, I really, I like that I think about contrast, you know I mean? I'm a person who has a lot of like mood swings too, not in any way. I think everyone has mood swings, you know, but I just like, sometimes I really feel like shit and sometimes I really feel great. Um, and I don't need a diagnosis. I just think some people have higher highs, higher highs and lower lows. Um, and I think those naturally are brought out in, the, in, in whatever I do you know i i like to communicate the the full bandwidth of things oh, the kindness the great
1: that totally makes sense and you can hear it fully on this project um i think we're running out of time but what should people well obviously the album do you wanna give people a date when they should be expecting the album
2: Yes. Yeah, so the video, the the next video was supposed to come out next Tuesday, but we're being culturally sensitive and getting canceled about seventy-five uh, percent less. So they're going to be canceled about twenty-five percent. Um, so it's gonna video's coming out April twenty-first. Um, directed by my friend Harley Astorga, who did just did the new Playboy Cardi video, and did a lot of hey. stuff by uh, Freddie Gibbs. So somehow friends I have are. Um, Influential. I don't know how I made that. Um, And April 21st, April, I mean, May 5th is when the record hits Bandcamp, trying to motivate um, some, like, you know, more substantive economic uh, support my way through actual downloading through actual contribution. And then on May 19th, about uh, two weeks later, streaming everywhere, so... Um, in uh, about a month and a half, it's going to be available everywhere. But April 21st video, May 5th band camp, May 19th everywhere, and we'll see how the world we'll see how the world responds to you know the change. Uh, maybe it'll be mm-hmm. nothing. Maybe it'll be middle of the line. Maybe it'll be something interesting.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Um, and we'll be looking out for the album.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Two Virgins. We hope you enjoyed getting to know Reese and check out his upcoming album, Stalin, Bollywood. You can find this episode on our website, quarantinecontent.com, or on our weekly newsletter, The Queue. See you next week.